Hello, and welcome back to None of Us Is Yet a Robot, the podcast. I'm Emma Franklin, and I will be your host again as we attempt to scale a variety of enormous topics. I'm a transgender woman, and one of the things that I found hard to find is trans women talking, just chatting, and that's what this podcast series is about. I don't prepare questions or make up rules for the conversations. There's a loosely set topic, but we'll leap from there and see where we end up. This episode's conversation was with the incredible Joe Clifford, a writer, performer, poet and teacher based in Edinburgh. Joe is the author of about 80 plays, many of which have been translated into various languages and performed all over the world, and one of which is being performed at the Battersea Arts Centre, BAC, in London right now. Our topic was the mythic, and we talked about gender, Christianity, uh, penises, and stealing the toys of the fading patriarchy. We were speaking inside the BAC in a rather echoey room with occasional sounds of hammering and drilling. There was a big fire there last year and they have a major rebuild happening right now. But please do bear with it. It's actually not too bad, I think, and um, you can hear you can hear everything that we're saying pretty clearly. Uh, also, because it's a working theatre and every available space is filled with rehearsals or performances or podcast recordings, around 20 minutes in there is what seems to be some Gregorian chanting in the adjacent room. But again, I think it's totally fine because it just makes everything we say sound really epic. Uh, so um, there you have it. Let's go with episode two, None of Us Is Yet A Robot, The Mythic. All right, hello and welcome to the second episode of None of Us Is Yet a Robot podcast. Um, I'm Emma Franklin and today I'm delighted to be joined in the ever so slightly noisy and echoey um, hallowed halls of the Battersea Arts Centre by um, playwright uh, Joe Clifford. I was going to say Enfant Terrible. Oh, well, that's all right. But I like Awful Terrible. <laughs> um, awful Terrible in her 60s, Joe Clifford. I'm very, very honoured to not be a robot. Well, as, 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 indeed, yet, as I mean, indeed none of us are. It may happen tomorrow, but I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see how, how, how that knee gets on. Mm. Um, so if you can hear us above the drills, um, we'll begin. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to stop looking at the machine now because that's Sorry. going to be really distracting. Um, can I ask first, how do you identify? Oh, that's a complicated question, isn't it? Because, um, so I'd say, actually, no, it's not that complicated. I'd say in a society like this one, which only admits two genders, it says you, if, 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 if you're not male, you've got to be female. Mm-hmm. If you're not female, you've got to be male. Then I identify as female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. So I live as a woman, and I really enjoy it, and it means that I am so much more comfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. But I would say I live as a woman. I wouldn't say I am a woman mm-hmm. because, well, for all kinds of reasons, really. But I, but ma- mainly, I guess, because I think there are more than two genders. I think mm-hmm. uh, a major course of source of unhappiness in the world we live in is that we're all shoehorned into boxes that, mm. that don't really fit our true natures um, and probably if I really had a choice I mean because there, there are more than two you know there's three there's four I, there may be five five is quite a good um, <laughs> hypothesis there's a bunch of people in uh, Indonesia called the Bugis or the Bugis Bugis I think and they have five genders wow. uh, and um, so they have men and they have women and they have men women and they have women, men, and then they have bisu. Bisu are men and women joined in one. And our function, I say our function, mm-hmm. because um, that's how I identify, yeah. is, to, is to bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the priesthood of these people. And I kind of really like that. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how I identify uh-huh. myself, but I can't put that on the passport or my NHS registration <laughs> or anything like that. Um, and it's far too complicated to explain yeah. under normal circumstances. But it's a beautiful place to be. I love, um, 
I mean, so one thing that springs to mind is that this culture that have five genders, you can bet that there's somebody sitting there still saying, Whoa, well, come on, you know, I don't belong what, to any of these well, five. I want, to be gen- I want to be gender number eight. <laughs> but, but, it, but, it, but it really, and it suits me physically, because physically I, I you know, I still have a little penis, but I have breasts. Um, and so I am an androgyne, which I, again, I think is really important and very lovely. Mm. I think that point of neither one thing nor another thing and where in these cultures where that that is the role that holds the spirituality or holds the well-being or in in some way has a function it's so well documented it seems to be so well documented um in any kind of non-contact tribe or any parts of the world where they've been less fucked over by capitalism and organized religion well, then, then we have, I mean, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting that the minute um, Christians came in contact with people like ourselves, their response was of absolute horror and disgust, and they went about trying to exterminate us uh, from the. Well, I'm thinking about the moment in the uh, conquest of South America in the 1500s. Uh, it started then. Um, because we, we, we existed in, in those days and in those civilizations. And then it went right up through the particularly strong in the 19th century in the great period of imperialist um, expansion. And there is a, I think there's a, there's a story here of genocide which has never been told, which one day will be told. But what I find really heartening is that we have survived. Mm. There are pockets of us all over the mm. place. Uh, the Moshe of Mexico... Hijra, you know, every, everywhere. Yeah. We, we're still around. Um, in, uh, what do I say in uh, Jesus, Queen of Heaven? Uh, we exist in every place and in every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a conversation with an endocrinologist that was advising on, um, on a recent project that I worked on. Um, and he said, we were just chatting over Skype, and he said, okay, the way you've got to look at it is that there are roughly... Roughly speaking, the percentages of people who would get assigned female, people who get assigned male at birth, it's about the same across the planet. And this is unprecedented because almost everything else that we care to look at demographics for is really affected by regionality and by what's going on. So, you know, more bicycles in India, more cancer in the West, whatever, whatever. Um, But that this balance of sort of, what is it, that kind of, 52% 52% mm. assigned female, 48% assigned yeah. male, something like this, is constant wherever. It's just that's what human, that's what nature mm. Mm. plonks out for, for humans. And alongside that, there is also this fairly unchanging percentage of people who are who identify as transgender. And yeah, he yeah. said, if you if you believe in that statistic, then you just have to accept that it is innate. It and it, well, it is. I'm, I'm sure it's innate. And also, what they're discovering is that they cannot draw the line mm. between male and female. That if you try and if you try and put that line yeah. somewhere, it's always wrong. It's yeah. always the wrong place. And I think that's very wonderful too. Of course. Can I plow straight into our topic yeah. that was um, mm-hmm. bequeathed us by Maeve uh, Devine, who I spoke to in the last episode? Mm-hmm. Um, she nominated. So last time we talked, we talked about robots. Yep. Um, and this time, Maeve has nominated the topic of the mythic, hmm. which I mean, actually, this immediately this question of spirituality mm. and mm. the role of trans people. Someone recently. I was talking to a cis person I was talking to um, during a workshop I was part of um, le- leading at, um, at the National Theatre studio as part of their education department because they're doing As You Like It at the moment so they wanted to do something connected with gender and there was um, there were three of us leading it there was the assistant director and there was a choreographer and I was there as sort of resident gender <laughs> gender person um, but I, it was a um, someone there said, well, so you must believe in the soul then, mm. because we were talking about mm. this notion of gender, which mm. exists outside of, um, mm. outside of the body. And it becomes nutty for me because I've always av- avoided religion. I wasn't brought up with, reli- with religion as we know it in this country um, as part of my life. So that notion of a soul. But I think 
I do feel like that. It definitely does feel that mm, mm. it accesses whatever, whatever that is. And then when there becomes... I always quite like it when something has a function as well as just being a, mm. an abstract notion. And when, when then your function becomes um, in some way looking after the, ha- the health of this part of, um, mm. this part of us, mm. which is very overlooked, I would say, in this day and age. I think we mm. totally well, shut it away. Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons why we're so unhappy. Yeah. Because, because we're not looking after this part of ourselves that's really crucial. And one of, the, one of the things I've always tried to do as a playwright is been to write plays with a, with a spiritual dimension. Mm. It's one of the reasons why I've had a lot of difficulty, I think, because yeah. people just don't understand what the hell that, that's about. And, but, 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 but you're right, there's always been, I know, there's always been something in me that has defied... Um, I'm not sure it's altogether defied my physicality. I think there is, a, there is an element in me that was um, uh, intersex. Mm. Uh, but somehow, my, you know, what, what everybody, the person that everybody told me I was, I knew I wasn't. And I, that's one of my earliest memories, is looking in the mirror and seeing a boy and thinking, well, no, that's not me. Mm. I don't know who I am, but that is not me. Yeah. Uh, and the whole terror that went with that, and in moments of crisis, <laughs> um, at, the, at the time when it was really, really, really becoming very apparent that I couldn't go on living as a man, mm. I had a very strong perception of a female being. I called her the goddess, rightly or wrongly, that there was just behind, my, behind me, my left shoulder, mm. saying, just waiting. Not judging, but just, yeah. just, just waiting. And then I remember another time when uh, my partner, Susie, was very, very ill when she was, um, uh, we knew she was dying with a brain tumour. And I was so unhappy. And a voice said to me, I mean, it was a voice, very beautiful voice, said, the female in you is wholly good. The female in you is holy good. That absolutely freaked me out because all my life I felt that it was just such a huge misfortune to be the person I was. But no, mm. the female in you is holy good and she will guide you through the suffering involved in you know, taking care of your partner while she's dying and she will help you find a new life for yourself once, mm-hmm. once that's over. And um, oh, that was absolutely true. Yeah. That's, that, that's how it's worked out. Um, and I, yeah, and I, and so, yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? And then, have it once, once I, once I started to live um, as a woman, I found there all kinds of stuff in the Bible that had made no sense at all mm-hmm. about being born again, for instance. Yeah. And I went, wow, yeah, 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 that's what this means. Suddenly, being true to yourself and mm-hmm. really working out what. Um, <laughs> uh, what that means and who you are. And, and I mean, the kind of weird and ironic thing now is that whenever I do uh, Jesus, Queen of Heaven, fundamentalist Christians get so upset, yeah. getting more and more upset now because I say I'm a Christian. And, and they, and they uh, I was at a website not so long ago. Dear loves, there was me. There was me in the photograph that's sort of everywhere at the moment, to me kind of, you know, sort of. In, in Jesus's white frock, mm-hmm. um, and they were saying, "Doesn't that look demonic? Look how demonic that is! There's absolutely nothing demonic." So we'll post a link to this picture in the um, and it, in the and bit, it, and you can look for yourself. But that's it, nothing. It's just incredible, and you think, "Wow!" And then people uh, people in the past, I remember somebody writing me very seriously and saying, "You are possessed of a demon," and I wrote yeah. back and I said, "Well, you know." In the gospel, there's descriptions of people who are possessed by yeah. demons, and I don't think that's like me. <laughs> and, 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 and it's kind of like, wow, isn't that amazing? And who, isn't, who's isn't to that? say it's not a nice demon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. but, is, but isn't that interesting? And I think, yeah, so I think what you're saying is right, actually. And where were you, can I ask, so um, you brought up Jesus, Jesus Queen of Heaven, um, mm. which is a piece that you've been performing for how, how long now? Well, I first performed it in 2009, okay. uh, and then um, 
But then there were, gosh, there were hundreds of demonstrators in the streets outside. Um, there was such a lot of hatred, and it all got onto the internet. And there were, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, all getting extremely cross about it all over the planet. <laughs> and I was so, I was so traumatised by this that I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, I, think it took, I think it took me about a year before I finally managed to just perform oh. it in a very small space. Of course. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, and then, and then, well, I did it in Brighton, in that lovely, lovely place you were at, at Marlborough, yeah, Mar- Marlborough. Uh, when it was above the pub. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still above? It's the still pub? there. That's oh. where, where I'm staying right now. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that place. And. Um, and then I was, uh, and then you know, and then in churches, and then over the over the festival fringe this mm. year, which is gorgeous. And I'm about to to take her to Brazil. Oh, and I've done I, I, I've done dinner in this amazing church, amazing mm. church in um, uh, in Manchester, big high church, wow. high church full of incense. And we were at the West End. They said you've got to perform there. <laughs> Uh, and it was about four miles to the uh, east end where, where Jesus was, you know, the cross. Yeah. Uh, and I, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a prayer uh, in, in the show to uh, our mother who art on earth, mm-hmm. uh, which I addressed very directly to that crucifix, mm-hmm. and it just sent shivers up and down my spine. It was so powerful. And was that a functioning church? Yeah, yeah, it was a functioning church. So we had to fit in the performances in between all the Sunday services. So what was there? So this is so this is a um, a show, a monologue that you perform mm. with, which is a reimagining of mm. Jesus as a trans woman. I mean, mm. as yourself, so you're That's portraying right. Jesus. Yep. And I've seen it, and it's incredibly beautiful, um, powerful show. That to me, as someone who does not, and we're talking identities again, mm. really, yeah, yeah, that yeah. does not identify as a Christian, despite the fact that I live in a predominantly, you know, I was certainly brought up in a predominantly Christian society, but I don't identify as that. But it spoke to me very well. I, I only came away with a positive, a more positive view of Christianity mm. based on this mm. performance mm. and based mm. on um, the connection with it, which I guess is is where the people who are running this church and inviting you to come yeah. and, and speak yeah. there, and this was part of, of queer... Um, queer, queer contact. Queer yeah. contact, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but that, yeah, that notion that people can can read it as otherwise, and I mean, when you can I ask, going back a, a step, pre-transition, pre transition, mm. pre um, hearing that voice speaking to you, was your upbringing Christian? Were you, well, were you a church goer? Well, in, well, in a way, I was a church goer. I mean, my my mum and dad used to go to church, but I think they went to church because they thought they should. I don't yeah. think there was any kind of. And then when I went to when I was sent away to boarding school at the age of eight. Mm. It was supposedly a Christian church, and there was there was a service every day, twice a day, every okay. day, and the same was true in the public school I was sent to. Um, so I grew up very much in a in a you know well I mean I wouldn't say it was Christian at all, but it was nominally Christian, and there was a lot of lot of reading of the Bible, which yeah. which made a huge impact on me, and. Um, there was a time too when I uh, was preparing to take my first communion, when I very, very sincerely and deeply believed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lost that. Uh, well, I lost that after my mother died, and then when I saw how hypocritical it all was, mm-hmm. um, and I really came to hate it. But one of the things that was incredibly important to me was that uh, I knew this really beautiful man who was a vicar, mm-hmm. who taught me how to meditate probably when I was about 16 Mm. and that has stayed with me uh, all my life Uh, so that's 50 years (laughs) 50 years ago wow and um, it's been so important to me and that Mm -hmm. has just even though for a bit I wasn't meditating in a Christian way I was meditating in a Buddhist way or or an awareness way actually it doesn't matter but this yeah. is where all these things intersect and transcend anyway. And yeah, this, of course you do. Know, the yeah. best, the best priests and and vicars and people that I've have got. You know, I mean, as a performer and someone who makes mm. work, you spend mm. a fair amount of time in village halls and mm. church mm. halls because mm. these are public spaces. And um, definitely, you know, I've I've met really incredible um, clerics who mm. are fulfilling that function. 
be, you know, or, or going to services, certainly going to funeral services, particularly for people yeah. who, who were not in that church and seeing them handled very sensitively. Mm. Mm. And there you, you see there is an overriding function mm. that transcends whatever the propaganda of that mm. church mm. is trying to put across. Um, so what, given that um, falling out with Christianity, where was the shift to make a piece of work that speaks so warmly? Well, to I, it? well I suppose what happened was that um, when I started, and I started, gosh, sort of in the early 90s, to try to write about being trans and mm. what that meant. Um, and probably by about 1998, 1999, I was aware that um, Christianity was a major source of prejudice towards mm. us and I wanted to try and find out where that was coming from mm -hmm. so I started off writing a play about the Old Testament called God's New Frock um, which, uh, which I performed uh, and it's all about the fact that the male God of the Old Testament is a, a deity who has suppressed his feminine identity mm -hmm. and so that's why he's so unhappy and so grumpy right. and so cross about us that was my that was, a, mm -hmm. that was what the, that, that, that show was about and then I forgot about it as you do um, and then I uh, somehow it got translated into Italian La Nuova Tonaca di Dio and I saw it in Florence in Teatro wow. della Limonea and it went down so well yeah, it was just amazing, and I thought, "Wow, I've I've hit on something here," mm -hmm. um, and so I thought I'd do a sequel. Right, uh, and I got the company to. I said, "Well, look, if you if you give me a flat mm -hmm. in Florence, because that's where they were, for I don't know, fortnight or three weeks or something, yeah. I'll uh, I'll write the play for you." And this is where you wrote it. And that's why I wrote it. And I wasn't going to... I wasn't... Yeah, it was. Very good. I wasn't going to write about Jesus, but I thought, I don't, know, I don't know. But anyway, then it was Jesus who spoke to me. And then in order to write it, obviously, I had to really read the New Testament. Mm. I had to go back to the, to the New Testament. And there are so many beautiful, beautiful things in the New Testament. Yeah. And it was so clear to me that... Um, this so-called Christian opposition to us has absolutely no foundation mm -hmm. whatsoever mm -hmm. uh, in the Gospels. And it's become, it became important, really important to say that. And it still, yeah. it still is important to say that because, yeah. you know, every, every country in South America, for instance, where they're trying to introduce um, LGBT rights, mm -hmm. the church is at the forefront of opposition. Yeah. Uh, the same is true of the states. They're introducing these vile, discriminatory uh, so-called bathroom bills. Yeah. The church is behind that. Yeah. And it's so important to contradict that as clearly and as strongly yeah. and as forcefully and as you know, dramatically as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I don't know, it's become a bit of a mission, really. But I think there's a real case for that, I mean, and dramatically as well. I mean, to, to really, we were talking about this a little bit last time, but to really run into the fire as a, almost as a place to find safety, yeah. really, yeah. To, yeah. to not ask for permission. Mm. I'm, I'm, I've seen, I feel I've seen quite a lot of things um, in the past 12 months mm. that have been talking about trans issues in one way or another, and they vary between ones that are demanding space or just taking it mm. and those that are asking for it. And I always feel a little bit uncomfortable about the notion of asking for, for permission, I think, you know. Well, but, it's, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we, at least I know I have internalised my, my own oppression to a, to a great degree. And so well, there's a, a constant struggle. Yeah. I was doing a... I was asked to do a, um, a, uh, an outline for a new play at the Royal Exchange mm -hmm. um, just before coming down here this week. And originally, I was going to have a trans character, and I thought that was very daring, you know, trans character. Uh, sort of not quite important, but suddenly, suddenly, just as I was writing down the version, I went, no, she's at the centre of this. And I went, oh, isn't that interesting? What does that, what does, and, and, and that did all kinds of things to me. Because yeah. the first thing it did to me was it made me think, oh, my idea must be crap. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's, you know, that's how we've been conditioned to yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but now I'm really excited by it. Uh, because it's not. It's so important. It's so important that... Um, and I couldn't, couldn't explain really why, but I think our experience is absolutely key mm. to um, the changes that are, that are happening in the, throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And um, the struggle between... Uh, 
as, 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 as patriarchy slowly fades, mm -hmm. then it's fighting back as, as, as best it can. Yeah. And we are at the forefront of this. Mm -hmm. We're, we're frontline. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we yeah. seem to be. And it's, yeah. it's, it feels as well because things are moving so quickly and there yeah. is now this, with, with the global in, globally in, interconnected and mm. with social media yeah. and all of these yeah. things, that because it gets said a lot, doesn't it? That okay, well, the trans movement is going through what perhaps the LGB movement went yeah. through mm. twenty years ago, mm. which is perhaps what the um, you know race race mm. issues went through twenty years before mm. that, which is perhaps what mm. um, female issues. Mm. Well, you know, I'm mm. using all the wrong mm. language, but it's often put as as this as a kind of like, yeah. well, this is what's up next, and then there's a timeline which says, oh, well, maybe in twenty years it'll have settled down. And everything can go back to normal. And everything can go back to normal, but it actually feels that because of how fast everything is now, mm. that we've done, I mean, and of, and of course, it has been going on for the past 20 years, and we, you know, I owe an awful lot to those who have gone before, not least yourself, but um, that things are happening so much quicker, so that 20 mm. years is being contracted almost mm. into the last 12 months, it yeah. seems, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really are being... Um, getting a lot of stuff fired at us mm. and almost becoming the kind of poster children for for anything that is other sometimes mm. I find which is why then again fighting this I saw the um, quote in the Guardian where you say you would like to be a threat mm. which is another very <laughs> pleasing um, <laughs> statement because yeah because I think where this is dangerous this this um, tipping point and this rapid acceptance is what becomes the acceptable face. Well, you see, but, and because there, is, there are quite a lot of reaction, well, there's lots of reactionaries among us. Mm -hmm. um, oh God, I mean, if, oh dear, I don't know if you've, I haven't turned on BBC Three, but I mean, they were advertising a, a series about being transgender. It turned out to be a, 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 a documentary series about a transgender beauty contest. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, gosh, no, well, yeah. that's, that's that's not really helpful. No, I read a really good blog by um, Sarah Savage uh -huh. about this down, yeah. in, down in Brighton, yeah. um, which I, I, I often find with things like this that before I go and watch something, I'll look to somebody who I yeah, <laughs> whose, yeah. whose yeah. opinion I kind of have yeah. followed and, mm. and and respect, and I think yeah, it seems that there's quite a lot of problems with that program and with mm. the way it's been perceived because almost it's like trans provides an opportunity to go back to some sort of 1950s the, model of, 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 of femininity exactly yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's yeah. that's super dangerous because yes. I get and I mean can I jump right back to the very beginning when we were talking about um, identities and you and you spoke about uh, being a woman with a penis and I think that it's this place that is not being yeah. included in yeah. the transgender tipping point. Yeah. And it is this that, um, you know, we're blessed in this country with, with our NHS and with free healthcare, mm. but there is a certain amount of pressure and expectation and a pathway that, put, that, that pushes you towards this, um, this moment of, of surgery and certainly where all the documentaries mm. go and all of the mm. news stories and this moment, yeah. glorious moment, which for yeah. a lot of people isn't the case and I think it's really refreshing actually to hear you say yeah. that up front and centre yeah. um, because I think we have to we have to um, own the fact that owning a penis is not a contradiction to yeah. owning femininity or to being yeah. female and to being a woman and I know this is like it's it's a real um, brain twister yeah. for a lot of people but but it's true I, the, the, I have a female penis and I think yeah. it's yeah I mean there's the, the, it's really the, there's, a, there's a line in the in the play I'm developing with Chris just now Eve Eve Stroke Adam for the uh, National Theatre of Scotland which says uh, a woman can have a penis a man can have a vagina mm. and um Gosh, well, certainly, um, since I had my little bit of uh, surgery to stop male hormones circulating around my body, uh, my penis has changed hugely, right. and it has become far more sensitive, actually, mm. and far more a source of extraordinary yeah. pleasure than it ever was in the old days, and different kinds of pleasure, yeah. opening up different ways of... Uh, 
uh, of sexuality, different forms of orgasm that oh, I, I, I probably always possessed. Yeah. But because because male male education is so so limiting. Well, well I mean, we, 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 is, is it is is it even there? It doesn't, I mean, doesn't even exist. No, no, because actually, now I come to think about it, when I was a boy, um, I used to look at my penis and I think, oh, there's something wrong with it. It's a bit missing. It's different from everybody else's. And then it wasn't until I was in my 20s mm-hmm. that I saw a documentary and I went, oh, yeah, I've been circumcised. Wow. You know, and, and I went, what? Yeah. What did nobody tell me? Why did nobody tell me? Why wasn't I able to ask what the hell that was about? I mean, it's extraordinary. And it's isn't it? extraordinary. And, and what a. It, it doesn't stand up to even a second of scrutiny, mm. the logic mm. behind not having that discussion and not having you know which is not to come down one way or another on circumcision but just to talk about it and to discuss it it, as opposed to there's a thing that happens perhaps for religion religious purposes and but we'll we'll, we'll just never speak of it again never talk of it it just sort of happens to you when you're a child i was so so lucky in that my uh, my late partner was really experienced sexually when we when we came across Mm -hmm. she was so patient with me and she educated me so much as to as to what's involved in, in, in women's pleasure, because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not the slightest idea. Uh, but there was no expectation for you to. to, to actually no requirement to, no, no, no expectation no, that no. you would. No. But, then, but then again, you see, I remember when, when we started after together, there was a whole new discovery that women actually had um, clitorises. Right. Wow, nobody knew that. Well, I sort of knew it, but they didn't understand what, yeah. what that meant. And um, so we... Oh, God, we had a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, is, which is wonderful, right? Yeah. I mean, which is, you know, this... Uh, I think there is a large um, growing uh, group, certainly among a lot of kind of activist mm. circles, where, you know, where there, is a, there is a lot of conversation around sex positivity, around yeah. it being okay to be asexual and to mm. step away of from course, that, or whatever. Course, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But all of these things come from a point of discussion and, and mm. talking, talk, about, talking it about it. Without yeah. judgment and without mm. shame. And, I mean, a, a huge thing. Have you come across, um, there's a what was a zine, um, I have it, and it's more of a book than a zine, mm. um, called Fucking Trans Women um, <laughs> by Mira Bellwether. You can, um, I'll, I'll post a link to it. Um, it's amazing. And not kind of like fucking trans women, as in all those fucking trans women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I came across that a few couple of years ago online, yeah. and that was radical for me. And that was where I first kind of was able to even, you know, begin to have well first able to begin to see it but for the first time somebody was telling me your penis can be female yeah and the things that it talks about um about the penis about the non-erect penis and this is not something that is exclusive to trans people absolutely this is hurting not. a huge yeah, amount of people hundreds and well hundred millions millions of men are hurt by this yeah Millions, millions. Most, I would say, in fact, every single man on the planet is hurt by this. This is why there's this frustrated banging against the yeah, wall that you could probably yeah, hear. That's that, that's what that. I mean, <laughs> God, it's just and it's terrible suffering that is that is caused by that simple act of ignorance. Um, uh, oh, and um, well, I don't know. That, that's <laughs> I'm getting all evangelical about that as well. Um, uh, and I'm sort of preparing a, a, a little bit of a, a new show now, which is called um, Queen Jesus, The Secret Teachings. And I, I, it would be very, very important is to... Is this like a extras to Jesus, Queen of yeah, Heaven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a cabaret, there's a queer cabaret up in mm-hmm. Scotland called Dive. Right. And they're asking me to do a, a number for their deities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really... And, I'm very, and so that's just popped into my mind about about a week ago and that's what I'm preparing to do and I think it would be I think it's a really interesting direction to take actually mm. um, well I mean Jesus Queen Jesus says pleasure is holy mm-hmm. pleasure is sacred and that's absolutely true mm. because there's been such a such a tragic disassociation or between mind and body in the western mm. world I mean mm. that is that's caused so much damage yeah and a sense that actually holiness is spiritual, mm-hmm. and it's but it's not. Yeah. Holiness is we're we're all we're all whole beings, mm-hmm. uh, all whole beings, mm-hmm. and also and also there's this thing about how we're 
we're really who we are in spite of our body. I mean, look at you, for instance, my dear. I mean, I, you know, forgive me saying so, but, but when I first met you, gosh, you were an unhappy person. <laughs> and you would not have been able to look at me with that kind of real light of happiness and kind of tender wisdom that there is in your eyes just now. And I think, oh, that, and that's, do you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. just you learning and me learning. I, I wouldn't have been able to either. And it's just learning to be who you really are. Yeah. And, and laying down a lot, of, uh, a lot of noise. I spoke last week about noise in the head. Mm. And mm. pre-transition for me, I'm, there was just a large part of myself was taken up with constantly looking for a way out. What's the solution? Yes, What's the way out? Yeah. What's the thing? Yeah. Round and round and round and round. And, you know, yeah, mm. deep, deeply unhappy, mm. deeply unhappy for all the damage I felt I was going to do mm. to other people, mm. to myself. Mm inevitably one way or the other if I do this then I'm hurting people if I do this then I'm hurting people and of course all of that is directed internally and Again. there's a huge amount of healing um, well, that needs to happen and, that and, does and, need to happen and it's happening actually for, yeah. for both of us and I think that's I hope so. such a such a beautiful thing um, I mean it, it, it's so interesting that uh, for me that I because, I mean, when I grew up, there was no information about us whatsoever. Mm. There weren't any words. Yeah. No words. I, I, I couldn't make sense of it at all. And it wasn't until I was playing uh, girls' parts in the theatre that I finally understood. Mm -hmm. This is who I want to be. And that was yeah. such a horrific discovery at the time that theatre became a place of fear and shame. It took me 20 mm. years from that moment to find my voice as a writer. Yeah. And, it's, and it took me probably 40 years to discover myself maybe more, mm. 45 years maybe, to, to discover myself as a performer. And that's, that's extraordinary. Yeah. But, it, but it is possible to, to, you know, to, to, to heal from these things. And I think that's another really important thing to, to try and get across. It's such a funny thing. I, I also played the female roles. In, Did you? Yeah, yeah. at school. And yeah. I mean, not so much at secondary school, because then there were, yeah, there were girls, you know, girls to play, to yeah, play yeah. the girls' roles. Yeah. But um, in my... Cub Scout group, wow! And in my primary school, for yeah. some for some reason, but and ob I, obviously there was it's obviously it's connected. Yeah, because but, people. But saw. I didn't know at that time, no, no, and no. I wasn't you know I I, can't, yeah. I, I wasn't articulating it, but yeah. that there was the definite even playing and playing really you know frumpy old old people you know mm. not like <laughs> I wasn't playing my I wasn't realizing myself I wasn't mm. playing brownies um, I was playing you know Scrooge's. <laughs> wife in mm. Christmas Carol and things like this, but um, yeah, why? You know, why was I drawn? To, why was I drawn to that? With um, to be yeah. unable to see it because again, there wasn't. There, there were all it these, wasn't there. There were all these barriers that we had to get past to see ourselves clearly. No adults who can come and say, "Oh, no, no, hey, look, I've a yeah, maybe." Right. maybe. So coming back to um, the mythic and deities, because we've mm. spoken a lot about Christianity. Mm. Um, I've been working on a, on a um, play at the moment that predates Shakespeare by John Lilly. Mm. Um, uh, it's called Galatea. And Lilly writes a lot with, um, with gods, mm. um, old school gods, so kind of Venus and Diana mm. and Neptune and Cupid are all in this, in this play. And the culmination of... Um, so the, the very brief synopsis is that a... Galatea, who's our um, the type, the eponymous uh, character, um, we presume is a cisgender woman who is disguised as a boy and sent into the woods mm. by her father because she's so beautiful and mm. the most beautiful uh, virgin of this community gets sacrificed to Neptune's monster oh, every right. ten years or so. Yeah. So good plan. Disguise you as a boy, send you into the woods. Yep. Meanwhile, yep. the father of the second most attractive um, cisgender woman in the in the town also has the same plan. So disguises wow. her as a boy wow. and sends her off into the woods. Wow. So we have this situation where there are, on the face of it, because I think there is a lot more at play in this in this production, which hopefully we're going to um, be looking at later in the year through some workshops. Yeah. Um, but we have on the face of it these two cisgender women disguised as boys uh -huh. in the woods. They meet, they fall in love, huh? and they have a moment, and they speak quite freely to the audience of, well, I know I'm a girl, and I like this boy, but he must think I'm a boy, and then, but it's okay, because I know I'm a girl. And then they quite quickly 
admit that actually they can see through the mm. the boy on mm. the other person. They say, well, okay, I'm, I'm a, I know I'm a girl, and I know I'm attracted to this other girl, but hopefully she sees me as a boy. And then they just give up all pretense of it, and they both, <laughs> and they both admit to each other, and they say, uh, there's a great line about, let's go off into the bush and make, uh, into the grove and make much of one another, oh. which they do. And they come, anyway, it comes to the end, and they're brought back into society. And... They're brought before Venus, and the gods, it's so queer positive, so feminist, this um, play, which was written, I mean, he's, Lily is like generation above Shakespeare, and much of what Shakespeare, Shakespeare takes for As You Like It from this show a great deal. Um, these uh, two women are brought before Venus, and there's a line, they're uncovered, they both say, well, no, you know, I, I, love, I love her, and I would die for her, I'm not going to change my mind, we are, we are in love, we, we, we are not ashamed. And someone says, Venus, how like you this match? And there is, as I imagine it, a great pause. And then Venus says, I like well, and allow it. Wow! And, it's, and Venus, who has just been completely destroying uh, this setup, fighting with Diana. They've been firing mm. huge cannons of like mm. huge words back and forth at each other. Goddess of chastity, goddess of love. Um, Cupid's been caught up in it. Neptune, who is given to us as the uh, most powerful deity of, we're told is the most powerful deity of the show, this kind of patriarch who comes in and out telling people, I'm just going to smash shit up. Um, finally makes the brilliant decision to abscond himself, to give up all his power to appease the two goddesses, um, which is in a, in a, a great kind of subversion of that role. And it all comes down to, I like it well and I approve it. And then there's this, sec- this follow-on moment where Venus says, actually, you know what? Why don't I make one of you into a man? And then you can go and get married. And so for a long time, the editorials of this play have said, oh, well, this is patriarchy writing itself, of course. Um, And I'm working with this great academic at the moment, and um, Andy Kesson, and we're looking at it and saying, well, no, this is just... She sees. And right the way through, there is... I mean, there's so many readings. Mm. But there is a reading where Galatea is brought to us, she, she's not brought to us in female clothes and mm. then goes off and get dressed as the other mm. um, woman, mm. Philidae's. She comes on dressed as a boy from mm. the start. Mm. Who's to say this is not how she dresses yeah. predominantly? Yeah. And at this moment where Venus, in front of everyone, says, no, no, you're okay, I approve it. I am the, vo- I am the voice of authority and I approve it. Okay, great, we can go forward. It's almost like she's looking inside this person and saying, and actually, you know what? And then in language for everyone else, well, I'll turn you into it, into a man. And they don't, they don't argue it. They say, great, this, this suits me really well. And throughout the play, the other um, woman has lots of kind of moments of, oh, I don't like this boy's clothes, I don't like this attire, and complains about it, which Galatea doesn't. And I think, so anyway, my, my link to that, other than the mythic and, and looking at some other um, deities, is just that, again, that being that boy at Cubs dressed as a woman, there is no Venus character Mm. the archela of my group did not come forward and say you know what i allow this it is okay it's okay and if that had happened what a difference it would have made what a difference what a difference and it was quite a simple thing to say really and the fan thing is that in america um cub scouts that's that's happening yeah well and the cookie thing yeah they raised yeah i just you just go wow that's amazing that's so wonderful (sighs) i mean Gosh, a myth I've always wanted to dramatise is the story of Tiresias. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know that story? I, I do. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Would you, <laughs> well, would you refresh me? Well, Tiresias was a man, um, uh, a wise man. Ah, yes. A wise man, and he was out for, and he, and he used to love walking, walking in the countryside, mm-hmm. just looking, observing birds and bees and things. And he came, came into a, a grove, and there were two snakes coupling. Mm-hmm. And he thought, well, you know what would happen if I bashed them with my stick? Bad move. Bad move. Well, actually, rather a good move. Bashed them with a stick, and uh, he became a woman. And he went, ooh, wow. And he went back, went back to his, to his town, mm-hmm. and uh, he married a man. And he, and he had um, children, and that kept him busy for a good 20 years or yeah. something. Kept her busy, I should say. And then she went back into the grove, and, um, uh, and there they were. There were the snakes at it again. So she thought, I wonder what will happen. So she gave him a bash, and she ended up, as uh, an androgyne, as someone that was both man and woman. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the gods heard about this and they went, well, that's really interesting. Jove and Jove and uh, Hera. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, they got into an argument about who had the best time when it came to making love. Was it men or women? Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, I know. Tiresias will know. <laughs> <laughs> so they brought her up, uh, brought them up, and Tiresias said, uh, well, actually, I think women have a better time because they can have many orgasms. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Hera was furious about that because she wanted to prove that she was really being done hard done by. Okay. And so she, she made Tiresias blind. Right. Um, but uh, Jupiter took pity on them and gave them a gift of second sight. And that's, that's a character that turns up in Oedipus uh-huh. and in, in a lot of these Greek tragedies, is someone who is physically blind, yeah. who is a mixture of man and woman, mm-hmm. and, has, uh, and has second sight. Mm. I just think that's amazing, yeah. actually. And I think what's, what, what is amazing is that even in such a heavily patriarchal society as ancient Greece, mm-hmm. um, there, was, there was still an understanding that in some profound yeah. way the, the roots of spirituality, the roots of sacred knowledge came from someone who had possessed both mm-hmm. genders. Mm-hmm. Uh, as indeed we, we almost certainly all do. Yeah, as we, know, all do, as we all do. And as that, we all come from uh, the uh, same uh, place. Absolutely, because the difference between the, most, most of us is that we don't, we don't, we're not able to have the courage to move forward but one of the wonderful things about us mm. you and me and other trans women is that we have and trans men as well is that we have managed to somehow somehow keep keep ourselves uh, and explore this and it's such a gift it's mm-hmm. such a privilege it's such a joy to be my daughter's dad for instance mm. and my grandson's grandma I just can't tell you how joyous I love that I love wonderful every, that is every time that I've um, heard you say that or, or, or read it I think it's a really beautiful brilliant description mm. I'm my son's dad mm. and it's not the easiest no no yeah. route to go particularly yeah. at the, you know yeah. my, my little boy's three and so I, there was a moment the other day and I was not I did not feel that I was screaming to the world my female mm. identity. I was not wearing mm. makeup. I was mm. not wearing a dress. I was just at the park. Mm. I was not feeling particularly good because of this thing that's been going on with my, um, with my skin. And I think what happens in my head always is that, okay, well, the world is going to put me back into man, as sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But um, so we were chatting to some other parents and... A three-year-old is very proud of mm. of his father, mm. and so he was saying, "This is my daddy," and, and telling them something that I'd done. And but of course, he uses female pronouns for me. Yeah. And I was so proud of oh. this moment of him talking to these complete strangers. And this is my dad, and she does this thing, and she's over here, yeah. and she's there. Yeah. And yeah. I did think, I wonder, I, I did wonder what. Mm. They what, where where they would make mm. of it, and I do feel, feel that for a lot of people they will just dismiss that he's getting it wrong. But I thought it's great. This is this is the point of complexity. Mm. This mm. is the mm. threat. Mm. This is mm. the mm. dramatic statement. You know, I and I'm yeah. But I, I think I, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's but, uh, but great it to see but that. It's so exciting. It's so because because my daughters do that. Yeah. Dad, dad, well, when she did this, and, yeah. and I just go. How did they? I mean, and that is such because it's such a it's such a validation. It's such an affirmation of who we are. And if we say to the, <laughs> and I don't profess to have second sight for, for um, you know for shame, but um, if we can say or you know not literally say, but if by our existence, the statement to the patriarchy is, your penises are not male. Mm. are not mm. indefatigable. Your status as father is not only something that belongs to men. Mm. I feel like this is, these are two big sticks that are used to um, oh. you know, keep, keep us in line. Keep us in line, yeah. Saying, no, no, I'm, I'm your dad. Yeah. Yeah. You, can't ha- you can't have that. This is where we now have to find other ways. There, there is no... Um, I'm your dad, so 
mm. what I say goes. Mm. Because if we can all be dads mm. within the patriarchy, mm. <laughs> this is not to say that, mm. you know, mm. my goodness, mm. mothers are in, in, incredibly strong and, mm. and equal and powerful. But, you know, within the patriarchy, saying, no, no, that's not, you know, that's not just yours. I think that's a really mm. important thing to, mm. to move forward. And this, again, is where... As, we, as the mainstream decides what becomes acceptable, mm. I think keeping these contradictions, at the, for me, at the forefront of what it is to mm. be trans, mm. and um, it's, it's just my, it's my life and my identity, but those complexities and the confusions and not to smooth it out and no. not to have no. to, no. you know, not to have to, I'm not my, chi- I'm not my child's mother. Mm. He has a mother and yeah. she's incredible. Mm. And mm. he doesn't need another one. No. Some children do, and that's mm. also okay, because mm. all of these complexities are perfectly, um, are perfectly valid. And I think, you know, but I think this is where, this is what I would like to see become mainstream mm. acceptance and understanding of trans is the complexity, mm. as opposed to the people who can emulate no, yeah, exactly. very successfully yeah. a form of binary gender that I don't particularly care for (laughs) doesn't seem to have much place it's very uncomfortable it's very hard work and it's very damaging yeah okay can I ask um, so moving into the final furlong (laughs) um, what's alive for you at the moment what's alive for me at the moment well this 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 play of mine everyone that is on in this building uh, tonight, which I'm going to see for the second time, in a really, really beautiful production by, um, by Chris, Chris Good, uh, and it's just fantastic. Can you um, say a little bit about it? Um, well, it's based, it's based on the uh, experience I had when my wife, when my partner died of a brain tumour. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning of the process, she felt all of a sudden out of nowhere that this gargoyle, this incredibly powerful but very malevolent kind of being landed on her shoulder and was going to destroy her and it did destroy her six months later she was she was dead of a brain tumor and it all well it broke my literally it broke my heart um, and we've been together for 33 years at that stage she was the love of my life totally the love of my life and so and afterwards I just became aware of how bad our society is at dealing with grief and mm. bereavement and I wanted to write something that looked at it. And so, and I got a commission from the Lyceum in Edinburgh. And this play was the result, and I'm so very proud of it. And it, it, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, don't want to say any more about it, except that it helps people grieve, I think, a lot. It helps people confront death a lot, which is what we have to do. And death in, a, in an individual sense, but also death collectively. Uh, Chris Good has made just a beautiful, beautiful production, fantastic cast. Um, it's very, very different from the first production. Um, in many ways, it's better, I would say. Um, and it's I'm very, very few of my plays ever get second productions. Mostly, they they happen and then they disappear, and that's yeah. a. That's a big, big problem with theatre in Britain as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think there's a particular problem with me as a trans playwright because my sensibility mm-hmm. is very different. Mm-hmm. It's very different from from uh, other playwrights who are normally either cis male yeah. or cis female. Um, and so I do. I have struggled a lot in the past. And what's really exciting about this has been to note how, at least at this stage. It looks as if my work is moving into the mainstream, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being some sort of weird, yeah. eccentric aberration yeah. <laughs> that nobody wanted but to this talk is about. The, and this is the important point. This is yeah. that that is that <clears throat> as the, there is this mainstream approval, it's then it's great. This, you yeah. must be there. You must yes. be there. Well, I think it's really important, and I think the other thing that's very important is to whenever I do an interview, I don't disguise the fact that I'm trans because I think it's very important to be out there mm. as a as a as a trans woman as someone that well someone that's successful that mm. completely contradicts a stereotype of what a trans woman is yeah. because I'm old and, and I don't don't conform to conventional standards of what it is to be beautiful 
Um, I never do anything to, well, as you'll have noticed, you who are listening, I don't do anything to, to disguise my voice. Yeah. Um, I generally don't wear makeup. Mm-hmm. I, I do every now and again, I sort of remember. I think I, I think I sort of remember this morning, but I've forgotten again. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I, I just think, and, and I, love, I love being the person I am. And I think for those of us who were brought up believing it was a terrible misfortune and a terrible tragedy to be, to be trans, it's so, so important to be out there contradicting that and saying it's very wonderful. It's very, very beautiful and I'm very proud. Well, sorry, we're just finishing up. Well, I think you're very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I reject the, um, that notion entirely. Um, well, look, thank you so much. I hope profoundly that people can hear us, and I haven't just recorded mostly the rehearsal the next door. It's very loud, isn't it? Um, so I really hope that that, come, that, uh, that this this has been not an unpleasant listening experience. But thank you for that. Um, so everyone mm. is on at the Battersea Arts Centre where we are. I'm going to go and see it tonight. Uh-huh. I'm very excited about. Um, oh. But it's on until the 19th of March. So. Go and go, go and, and go and see it. Bring tissues um, because it uh, makes people cry, but in a very, very good way. Um, and I would like to also uh, give a quick shout out to the event that I'm doing next week. Oh, I'm reaching over to my to my diary oh, wow. while what we're are you doing, doing while we're doing plug plug central. Um, Next Saturday evening, down in Brighton, there's yeah. a uh, uh, regular event called um, Tromfrau, uh, kind of queer disco performance uh, night. And this particular iteration of it is in conjunction with International Women's Day, mm. or at, mm. at the point when it is International Women's Day. And actually, similarly to what you were just saying, I'm really pleased that I'm on the bill mm. because I think, again, that's really, it, this is really important. Mm. And it wasn't that long ago that oh, know, well, other organisations were not including trans women. Included. In this. I mean, when, when I did an event the other, the other week in Glasgow Women's Library, mm. it felt like a huge, hugely important yeah. thing. When I did, gosh, I'm, I'm, this is another it plug, is. isn't it? Do forgive me. Uh, when I did my uh, reply of the lasses in a burned supper. You're, could you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about burn suppers, do you? Burn suppers. Um, oh, burn suppers. Burns. Okay, like a burn supper. burns. Yeah, like yeah. R- Rabbi Burns. Um, there is a moment when the <laughs> when the lasses are toasted by a bloke, um, and then a woman stands up and uh-huh. uh, gives a reply, uh, and that was me in, in front of Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland. Wow. Uh, uh, and it was just, but I mean, again, just to be able to go to these spaces yeah. and say, look, here we are. It's fantastic. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank keep you. Keep doing my, it. Thank you, my keep dear. Keep doing it. Keep talking. Keep writing. Let's keep being there. Um, before I forget, I know. because I did forget last time, um, would you suggest a topic, a nominal topic that I can talk about next time? I think we need to develop a new understanding of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. So the topic would be to try and explore what that might be. Okay. What it is to be a man and a woman. Yeah. Uh, These days, what does that mean? Can I pithily call that the binary? The binary. The binary and its downfall. (laughs) Next time. (laughs) Thank you so much. So there you have it, episode two. Um, Thank you for listening. You can find links to some of the things that came up in the conversation and our Twitter handles in the info, along with some of the links to the uh, events that we were plugging. Um, Apologies if you're listening to this at some point in the far future. Uh, After our conversation, I'd stayed on at BAC and I saw Joe's play Everyone and would definitely recommend it. It was um, a, a really generous thing to have shared and a beautiful portrayal of a family in grief. It's on until the 19th of March. 
And there's a link to Tramfrau as well, which I pronounced super weirdly in the conversation, which is going to be a lot of fun. I will be there with lemons, so come and see what that is all about. Um, and if you're in London, it's going to be a full weekend for me of International Women's Day related events, because I'm also chairing a panel at the Women of the World Festival at Southbank Centre, which is on the following day, on Sunday, uh, titled How Does Trans Activism Interact with the Battle for Gender Equality? Uh, I'm a bit nervous because I know as the chair it basically won't be about my thoughts but you know we'll see what happens and finally also next week I'm heading up to Lancaster to be a critical friend to the Hear Me Raw Feminist Theatre Festival which is in its second year Uh, and I'm hoping to record the next episode of this while I'm up there so uh, look out for that our topic as you heard will be what it is to be a man or a woman or a woman these days the binary and its downfall um do let us know what you thought about this episode via twitter and please share it as uh, widely as you can and that's all for now thanks again for listening and wherever you are take care of each other love and respect see you soon <laughs>